Buonasera amici and welcome back to Kimberly's Italy. If you're listening to this episode, it's probably because you listened to the previous one from just two days ago. Episode 108 was about our friend Jane's first trip to Italy and we promised a part two, parte due, because we couldn't fit this bit into the normal time frame of 30 minutes or less, which we try to do our best on your behalf. And that's not an easy feat because you know how I tend to ramble on. <laughs> Tommaso's rolling his eyes and laughing at me. As we mentioned previously, this client Shad and his family traveled to Italy for their first time. Actually, I think it was their first trip overseas and they chose Italy for their virgin indoctrination to Europe. Buona scelta. That means good decision. We thought about asking Shad to do an interview via a system online that we use for remote interviews, but he writes so beautifully, we decided I would just read his words. And do listen to the end because he delivers a few lines that will have you laughing along with us. Allora, actually, I'm going to say this in Italian slowly, and I bet you can understand. Even you, Tommaso. Presento la storia della famiglia Steffens e il loro primo viaggio a Bella Italia. As I mentioned, I am going to read what my client Shad wrote me about his observations from his family's first trip to Bella Italia. But first, I really, really want to preface or impose upon everyone. If you'd like a trip planned, if you'd like my help planning a trip for 2024, get in touch now. This morning, I received an inquiry for 2025, a two-week anniversary trip. So how fantastic is that? But 2024 will be here before you know it. And to be able to choose the accommodations that are in your price range, that is the number one most important thing that I do first. And then everything else falls in place. And all my clients are so happy because they did it sooner as opposed to later. All right. So keep that in mind. 2024, get in touch now. All right. My client Shad from New Jersey took his wife and his two teenage daughters to three places in Italy. And I asked him a few questions, just like I had asked Jane. And here are their responses. The question was, what did you love the most in each place? Firenze, Florence. We love the architecture, the historical significance, and the nightlife near the river. It was so good to stay for quite a while. And the Florentines are so used to tourists that it was easy to feel comfortable among the masses. I thought that was a very good observation, right, Tommaso? Yeah, I mean, the Florentines are used to being invaded by <laughs> <Right>. tourists. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on to Cinque Terre. They stayed in Rio Maggiore. Cinque Terre, a dramatic landscape of mountains cascading into the sea gets me no matter the location. And Cinque Terre delivers with a plum in this category. The views are never ending in a myriad of ways, blending man-made with the glory of nature's majesty. 
what a wonderful surprise that water was. We were chasing fish and snorkeling to our heart's content in multiple spots. If you love a beach or an ocean town, Cinque Terre is hard to beat. Just keep laid back and embrace the place. Like most places of a more relaxed culture, timing and vibe, it can feel slow paced. And I hope that never changes. Lago Mergozza, which is up in the lakes region, west of Lago di Como and Lago Maggiore. Their take on Lago Mergozza is quietly offering the quintessential Italian lakeside experience complete with the main square of town's restaurants and a promenade along the water. Not a tourist in sight except for us. Speaking a bit of Italian would have definitely enhanced our experience a bit, but (laughs) easy proximity to Lago Orta and Lago Maggiore means access to Orta, San Giulio, and Stresa, both towns worth visiting for those interested in lake life and boat tours. Also worth visiting for anyone with a saunterer's pace and a hankering for shopping. Mergozzo made me feel special, like we were told a secret of Italy and could exist unhurried for all time. Shad, I've got one thing to say listening to this, because Kim <laughs> started telling me this last week. She was going to talk about this. You missed your calling, my friend. <laughs> Traveler and Leisure missed you. you Condé Nast Traveler, you should have been a travel writer. It's never too late. It's never too late. I'll plan more trips all over Italy, and then you can have a <laughs> booming career. <laughs> okay, the second category I asked him about was their sartorial taste, how the Italians dress. He said, two things I personally noticed. One, the men of Firenze were apparently adherent to the local custom of long-sleeved dress shirts, a long-sleeved jacket, and pants even on the extremely hot days. Two, when on beaches, the Italians have on as little as possible while still avoiding arrest. (laughs) Skimpy everything across all parts and in total comfort and confidence amongst all age groups and body types. It was actually refreshing to see people embracing their bodies and living for the moment rather than being distracted for reasons of vanity or undue expectation. However, there was also some very beautiful vanity happening. (laughs) I am very sure there was. (laughs) Okay, three, category three, driving. Quote, unquote, driving was just silly. (laughs) Pull in your mirrors was said multiple times. (laughs) I'm with you, Shad. I'm so with you. (laughs) Narrow streets and alternating speed limits every hundred meters or so made for a fun time. And the Italian National pastime of tailgating makes me want to forget that I'm on vacation and embrace my inner Jersey. (laughs) For any of you Americans that know about driving on the Jersey turnpikes, that's what he's referring to. Forget about it. (laughs) Allora, he wrote, Allora, we stayed civilized and just moved over to accommodate. We mostly stayed in the right lane so as to allow Italians living real life to carry on unobtruded by our vacation pace. It was fun and a bit hair-raising at times. I can 
totally buy in Chad because when I drove from Monaco to Via Reggio, I had to drive through Genoa. This was many years ago on business, and I had a pretty powerful car. And it wasn't powerful enough. <laughs> and then those 131 tunnels along the coast, oh, dark light, dark oh, and light, go, and, pass, go, pass. and going through Genoa. <laughs> I mean, the previous month I had been on the Autobahn going 140. All right. Uh, all right. Tangent. Here. No, but I'm just saying I felt on the Autobahn, it was a different, it was a different, very Germanic. Everyone's, you know, got their rules. In Italy, it was almost as fast. And the, the rules were sort of very fluid at times. All right, let's move on. Category four, vino, wine. Shad wrote, bring the vino rosso and keep bringing the damn vino rosso, exclamation. I love the red wine, specifically the Sangiovese blends sprinkled on every menu in Tuscany. Wine service is regionally specific on a hyper level. So if you ask for a Tuscan offering in Liguria, you will be glared at suspiciously. I did so accidentally, and the shame, <laughs> the shame immediately washed over me. <laughs> Italy was a glorious whirlwind, and the wine both helped and hurt my efforts to keep a clear mind. Also, in general, we found that Italians wanted us to enjoy wine, but with the food, not before. I had heard about that preference, but had never witnessed it until we were in Italy. In some restaurants, we had to ask for a wine list prior to the presentation of the food. If we hadn't have asked, they would have offered it only after the first course was served. That doesn't happen everywhere and all the time. So let me just interject here. I can't say that that has happened all over Italy to me. I think they see us coming as foreigners, but I'm glad that he was treated that way or did have that experience. All right, moving on to cuisine, category number five. Close to my heart. All right, Shad says, oh, the citrus, brighter in color than I've ever experienced. The lemons pack such a serious pucker so as to stand up to any recipe and still bring the sunshine. For me, the differences in some of the classic dishes stood out the most. The bolognese sauce, for example, was less about tomato and more focused on the unctuousness of the salty, savory meat. I'm with you, Shad. I'm with you. My youngest daughter, Lainey, lived on pasta bolognese, pizza, and gelato the entire time. Oh, and was Lainey. Quite happy. Lainey. <laughs> My bestie. <laughs> My standout dishes were a gorgeous bronzino the first night and a fatty, herbaceous roasted rabbit on our last night in Firenze. And let me say, they don't dabble in gelato flavors. They jump in head first. Go for the fruit flavors to take advantage of their melons, citrus, and mangoes. Breakfast is a light fare mostly, but satisfying to be short. Dipping that little pane croissant type mixture into your espresso cappuccino. What's not to love? What's not to love? Oh. Finally, I asked Shad and his family what their take was on the Italians that they did meet. And they did stay out of their vacation in two Airbnbs hosted by Italians. So Shad said, Stefano, Cristina, and Alessandro were a joy overall. They met us at their respective properties and addressed every question. They shared knowledge of their homes as well as the locale. 
Stefano is truly over the top. He strives to provide an A-plus experience in every way and was so patient with our clear ignorance of all things Ligurian. He provided so much nourishment, knowledge, and hospitality for my family's well-being, and I'll be forever grateful. Christine and Alessandro were so very kind and sweet. They met us at the property, walked us through the house to each room, explaining the ins and outs, and they were just fantastic, as is their home and the view. In general, Shad and his family loved, loved, loved everything of their trip. They did not have a single complaint, and it was a once-in-a-lifetime experience, but now they're addicted. (laughs) I know they'll go back, and I was so happy to be involved in this family's first experience to Bella Italia. I have one thing to say. Why use AI to write anything when you have Shad available? (laughs) Bravo, Shad. Bravo. Touche. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening to our two friends' takes on their first trip to Italy. I know there's a lot of you out there that have not been yet. I get messages and emails all the time like, oh, it's on my list. I love your podcast because I'm living vicariously through them until I get there. So in this situation, to have two people give us their input on their recent first trips to Italy, we just wanted to share that for all of you. Grazie mille tutti and ciao to you next week. Ciao, ciao. Ciao, ciao, amici.